Better listen very carefully. A good martial artist does not become tense, but ready. Essentially, at this point, the fight is over. So you pretty much flow with the goal. Who is worthy to be trusted with the secret to limitless power? I'm ready. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Bulletproof for BJJ podcast. I am JT. I'm Joey. How are you guys doing? Welcome, guys. Today, we will be talking about Joe Worthington getting his black belt. Tell us. I, it's the big I, day. I it wanted happened. to wear it today, but <laughs> it was still been... a little bit damp from washing it after the first class I wore it on Monday night. You wash your belt? Oh I know. <laughs> no, amazing. That's, it's one of those things that it's such a long time coming. I guess like many things, you tell yourself, whether it's a buying a house, getting a job, getting your black belt, you tell yourself something in your mind and then there's the reality of the experience. I thought it'd be so good today. It has been a real journey. And for the best part, you guys out there, you've been listening, you've, you've followed some of this journey to an extent and understanding it. I really wanted you to get into it, Joe. Yeah, cool. Yeah, there's been an amazing response from, from our followers. Um, on Instagram, I put a post up with a few of my takeaways from it. And, and I guess by the time this episode's coming out, that would have been you know three or four weeks ago. Sure. Um, but there's been some really cool comments and stuff and people being like, oh man, that thing that you shared, that resonated with me. And you know, one guy was like, man, this feels like, a, I love the podcast and this feels like a win for all of us. <laughs> I'm like, bro, that's the coolest <laughs> shit so I've ever nice. heard. That's yeah. so nice. Uh, so I'm really you know, chuffed about all that. Yeah, I guess the main thing that really stood out to me was that leading up to getting it, because obviously I had been anticipating it for a long time. I, yes. You know, Adam and I, my coach, Adam, we'd been speaking about it over the years. You know, he had told me what he wanted from me as a brown belt before he would give me a black belt. Mm -hmm. And that was very cool. I'd never had a coach that was open about that kind of communication. Yes. You never had that dialogue with your coach. It's like, don't speak about it. It's a mystery. Yeah. And if you ask, how dare you bring it up? You that's reset. A, that's another year. <laughs> yeah. Two years. Yeah. Whereas he was like, dude, I, you know, I want, I want to see these things from you. I think you should be fixing this up in terms of your game. I want to see you compete once at brown belt, like, you know, all these things. I was thinking, man, when it happens, I'm going to be fucking stoked, you know? <laughs> yeah, and I'm yeah. like, dude, I'm going I'm to get up and be like, yeah, sick, you know? Like, and, I, you know, and I was thinking whatever the celebration is like that day or that night, I'm like, I'm going to wear my black belt like to the pub. I'm going to wear it, <laughs> you know, I'm going to just be a bit of a dick about it. <laughs> Why not? Whatever. Yeah. And then I got it and it, that was the last thing I felt like. Oh, really? Yeah. How interesting. I, was, I became really somber. You know, Adam tried to keep it as a surprise. And obviously JT was there, right? Yeah, I was there. You and I there. don't usually come to like a, a Saturday open mat. And also we were trying to get the timing right with your partner, Lisa, <laughs> right? Yeah. And it was such a bad cover because she showed up. Obviously she didn't want to show up late and miss the opportunity to witness it, right? But then you're there and you're like, she's like there with your son and Hattie. <laughs> and uh, and you're like, what? What are you doing here? I, oh, just in the area. It's like, yeah, you're not in the We're just area. Cruising by. Yeah. <laughs> well, her parents live in the east. Oh, she's okay. like, oh, well, just going to. Uh, she told me before I was going to train that she was going to to visit her parents. Oh, good. And cover. I was like, yeah, really good cover. And she told me, like, what are you doing here? And she's like, oh, we're on our way to mum and dad's. We're driving past. And I was like, eh, feasible, mm. but bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, they were giving out a few other belts, right? I'd spoken to Adam. We'd work really hard to not give the game away. Right. You know. Yeah. And, and speaking to another black belt 
uh, Sammy Backy from uh, Gracie Bankstown, shout out. He had heard from some random, a guy he didn't even know, the day before he got his black belt, some random guy came up and said, hey man, you get your black belt tomorrow, how do you feel? He was like, what? <sighs> and it ruined it. Took, the wind, took just, the wind out of the sail. Yeah, because they really were trying to build it up as this really nice reward and surprise. Yeah. And uh, you came off pretty low key, I got to say. Dude, I, so, you know, so we're there and, and, and I was expecting it, you know, and in short, and, and we're there and Ads is handing out the other belts and, and I'm, you know, generally excited for the other guys getting graded and stuff. And then he starts talking about he, him receiving his first degree which was his segue into giving me a black belt. That was his yep. plan all along. So he's talking about he just got his first degree and, um, you know, and I'm sitting there and I remember – and, you know, everything was – like ads wouldn't look at me the whole time. Right. And I'm like, he's not looking at me. You know, I'm like, fuck. And he started talking about something relevant to his black belt about how uh, significant it was for him. And I started to get emotional and I had to look down because I felt uh, an urge to cry. Yeah. And I'm like, oh shit! I'm like getting a little bit overwhelmed right now. And then he's like, yeah. And then and then today I'm giving Joey his black belt. And then everyone's like, yeah. yeah. And I was like, and I I didn't feel like crying anymore. Like that came and went really quickly. Sure. But I just instantly felt kind of like deflated. Oh wow. Yeah, I felt like not overwhelmed. It's it was like a feeling of heaviness and kind of. And I I think the best word I can find for it is somber. Right. Or very somber. Mm. And I went up and, you know, it ties it around and whatever. And then he's like, man, say some words. And I remember like standing there in front of the guy, in front of all you guys, you know, about to say something. And I got no problem coming up with some shit to say. I've sure. thought about it many times, right, in, over the years. But I was tired. I, I'm still trying to figure out what was going on. Mm. Because you, you think like, you th- like I said, my expectation was that I'd be like super pumped. Life and, like, achievement. Yes. Unlocked. Suck a dick. I got a black belt, <laughs> you know. But I was like, I was the opposite. <laughs> Polly like that one. <laughs> I was the opposite. And, yeah. um, and that was very interesting to me. And I wrote about that on the post because every time you see someone get a black belt, they write on their social media, very honored, humbled, grateful. Then, you know, the next chapter begins. And I'm always like, Man, like, what? give it a bit of hype. Like, you yeah. got your fucking black belt. Like, be excited. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's not all about from here on. Yeah, it's like, no, no, no. For a moment, you can celebrate this sick fucking milestone. That's a great achievement. And like, whatever. Next time, it, tomorrow, you start worrying about the future. But in the moment, yeah. yeah. But I realized in that moment that I'm like, there's some kind of heaviness that comes with this rank, or at least in my mind. Yeah, no, and I agree. And you, I, know, he, you know, heavy is the head that holds the crown in a way. Great. Yeah, you know, that's right. And so, um, so that was very interesting for me. And I felt like for the rest of the day, and we, we, you know, we had some, some drinks and stuff and some food. We had a gathering at one of our, our teammates' houses. Alex, what a fucking legend. Yeah, what a legend. Lent his house to the whole team. Beautiful. Um, and I was just like chilling. I was thinking like, I'm going to get fucked up. Like, when <laughs> get I get my wild. I'm going to be getting loose that night, <laughs> you know? And I was like so far from it. Yeah. In any case, um, it has morphed over the recent days yes. and it's become, you know, like when I put my belt on on Monday night to train, I was like, ha sick. Like this is exciting. And people commenting, like, oh yeah, very cool. You know, like, so I, and I, I have, it's been a, uh, like a, it's, it's not an instant sort of thing. It's like, it takes time to unfold and for my, I guess for me to settle into the feeling of it. Yes. Um, and it, the excitement is there yeah. and the gratitude and all those things. Yes. But uh, yeah, the, the, the brash, arrogant, um, 
dick that I intended to be <laughs> hasn't come out yet. I get. Let's see. <laughs> give it. Give it a chance. Did you? Does any of that resonate with you when you got yours? Um, I think there was a degree of relief when I got my black belt. Uh, I guess you know, I was on my brown for a little while. Like I think it was on my purple belt longest, but uh, I think the difference was. I got to grade at Absolute MMA in the city. So there was people there from St. Kilda, like from South Yarra, St. Kilda gym, as well as the city. And I originally had, had come to Absolute at the city gym and then trained with Lockie at uh, South Yarra and whatever. The interesting thing about it was huge. Like there's easily 150 plus 200 people there. Wow. Not everyone can fit. Also, we got bashed. So I was rolling for two and a half almost three hours. Oh, wow. And there was a moment where actually the, the people who rolled me most savagely were my students and they actually injured me a bit. Wow. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I've raised true killers. They were merciless. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I think about two hours in I kind of popped my knee and then I got very badly stacked and, and like really strained my lower back and I couldn't really play guard after that. And so it's this process and some of you may have experienced this if you have that sharp tank grading, which is – you know, you spend a certain amount of time just doing continuous rounds. And you hit a point of survival where you, you, jiu-jitsu kind of goes to crap and then you just, you're just hanging in there. You're getting submitted, you're getting beat up. It's almost the true jiu-jitsu at that point. Yeah, because like, you have no die. energy. It's got to be super efficient and just try not to get submitted. Fortunately enough, I was able to play possum most rounds and they just come out with a killer sub at the end of most rounds. <laughs> People are like, God, what's going on what's with this possum? guy? Uh, you know, like kind of like, oh, I'm dead. I'm not dead. <laughs> yeah, pretty much attack and run away. The funny thing was with about 20 minutes ago, Thiago was like, okay, guys, little break, get water. I was like, what? There's water breaks? Like, yeah, every 40 minutes, there's a water break. I was like, since when? I've been doing this for two hours and 40 minutes. I haven't had a water break. Anyway, I was like, fuck it. Let's keep going, you know. But fortunately for me, there were probably three or four guys who definitely would have liked to mess me up getting their brown belts that day. <laughs> so they were busy getting fucked up. They were themselves. busy getting getting ridden as well. <laughs> like Crazy Legs is one of those guys. Shout out Crazy Legs. Simon Carson and then uh, big guy Shane who's got like this devil tattoo on his chest, oh. like a devil skull in the middle. He's a hard man. He looks like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right on. And super jacked. So I was like very thankful they were all grading because yeah. I know they would have come for me. <laughs> but everyone else came for me. Anyway, all I say is – the thing about it was because everybody graded, I was sitting there for a really long time and I was exhausted and just spent grade all the blues, grade all the purples, grade all the browns. And then finally they come to the black belt, right? And it was a great thing. I got to get my black belt with a few other people and it, it was a celebration at the end. But all I can remember is this overwhelming sense of relief. It was definitely some achievement in there and I did feel quite emotional because I had a speech written, like I knew it was coming and I was kind of preparing myself for the, the, um, the, the jail attack of so many people. But then I wanted to just share with everybody that was like, you know, like you just don't know how long this is going to take. And you, you've spoken on this and you, I know you're going to speak to this next, Joey, which is uh, it's not linear. Some people who started uh, after you get there before you and then other people, you know, they're, they're still in their purple belt and you're a black belt now. And they're looking at you like, dang, you're a black belt? Yeah. yeah. And you kind of get the regrets. And so it's, it is a mixed feeling. You get a lot of adulation and, and support from the team, but you also cop a little bit of jealousy too. 
There's a couple of people like, oh, you got your black belt. I mean, I didn't have anyone say that to me, but I had a couple of people roll me like that. Ah, right. Like, oh, you're a black belt, prove it, you know? Like, oh, you're a black belt. Like, there's a target on you now. Yeah. Which is fine because I just took it as a, a free pass to no excuses. I'm black belt now. I'm smashing you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'd say on the day, as an experience, people you grade with, stuff like that, overwhelming sense of relief and obviously um, gratitude. That's an interesting contrast. Yeah, everyone's really excited for you. Yeah. And all the guys and you know and the girls, like everyone at the, at the team's like, fuck yeah, sick, so stoked for you, man. Congratulate. And I wasn't feeling on that level. Mm. So I'm like, oh man, thank you so much. Like, thank you, thank you. Like, and I was aware of that. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to look like I'm, don't I'm kill not the vibe. super grateful right now, <laughs> super appreciative. I'm yeah. just I'm just going through something. I'm not sure what it is, you <laughs> yeah. know. That's that is an interesting contrast. Mm. I don't remember feeling that way with any of my other belts. Okay. All I remember like from blue to, to brown was just excitement. Yes. Like, fucking sick, got it. You know, stoked. How good's this kind of thing? Yes. Different feeling with the black. Definitely. But, you know, I'm also in a different place. I don't think – like I'm a different person to what I was when I got those belts. So I don't necessarily think it's relevant to the belt. could yep. just be me. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think it is different – for each individual, depending on how they're coming at jiu-jitsu, like someone who's a competitor or someone who's been doing it for 25 years or anything like that. And the interesting thing to me is like, uh, I'm just going to segue slightly, take a guy like Kit Dale. He reckons he got his black belt in like a very short amount of time. Four years. I think it was more like six or whatever it was. But then I look at someone like Lachlan Giles. It took him 14 years to get his black belt. And in my opinion, he's a far deeper black belt even though kit dale respect to him he achieved a lot earlier in his competitive career he now almost doesn't do jujitsu really whereas Lockie is so deep in the culture in the teaching it is absolutely his life yeah a hundred percent um and and having trained with both those guys and rolled with both those guys and experiencing what they're like at jujitsu kit wants to talk crypto and whereas you cannot stop lachlan talking about jiu-jitsu at any point of the day and look i love it i love it i I think it's great because if you you admire black belts right you look up to them like think about the like let's just reference like who's the baddest but you know who's a black belt you're like man i'll be like that guy he's a he's a killer Hmm. is there anyone like that it's a good question i uh or a higher belt let's say it wouldn't necessarily have to be a black belt you're talking like in terms of like the famous kind of doesn't have to be famous. you could just be someone you're like dang they're kicking everyone's butt i want to be like that i like marigali yeah i look at his i'm like fuck yeah he's a savage he is yeah yeah Yeah. i mean i look at nogi guys and i feel a bit of that but i'm also like uh, nogi seems kind of different now it does almost like a different sport Mm. yeah i I don't have a lot of um that kind of jujitsu heroes was there anyone you ever trained with when you were like a blue and you saw this guy as a brown belt who's just destroying people and you're like, God, that's what brown belt's about. Yeah, well, I think back to then it was, it was almost every brown belt. Right. You, you know, just, when I was a white or blue, it was just like, oh, look at these brown belts. These guys are killers. Yeah. And they, you know, I've heard people say this before, but it, like a, a competitive brown belt's almost like the scariest yes. of all the jiu-jitsu belts. Yeah, right. Because they're, they're trying to prove they constantly. They want that black belt. Yeah. yeah and they're usually, you know, generally – of that age, mm. whereas by the time you get to black belt, often you know, unless you're fucking the the new generation, Galvans and stuff, you're like <laughs> eighteen. Yeah, but you know, you're generally then a little bit older and not so much trying to compete. And I mean, I said that to the guys. I'm like, guys, I got my black belt. I don't, I don't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> Tap me out, whatever. I got nothing to prove. <laughs> no, I'm yeah, done. It's done. <laughs> so, tick it off. 
you know, I mentioned it this morning within the context of the Bulletproof Small Group and I was saying, you know, like all these guys want black belts and, you know, I sh- probably shouldn't generalise. But like, so for example, Ray is very new in the journey. It's not even probably within her sphere of reference as a, you know, a white belt. She's one or two stripes to go, I'm getting my black belt. You know, like as a, as a thinking process, she's just like, how do I just even get my I, head I around get a stripe, yeah. Yeah, and what's my next stripe? I was the same. Okay. I never had a long-term view of it. It was always just like, even at white belt, I never remember being like, i got to get to that next, or I'm getting to that next belt. Mm. It was always just like, yeah, always just short-term. Okay. When I first started, I always thought the quicker you got it, the better you were. Yeah. I right. didn't think, you know, that's kind of an immature approach, but that's what I thought. I was like, man, if you get your blue belt in a year, you're a gun. And well, if you, you know, yeah. If you, the sooner you get to black belt, then the sooner you're a black belt world champion. Yeah. This kind of thinking. And then There's I re- some kind of logic there. Sort of. But then I realized like meeting more high level guys, like once you get the black belt, it's like now you're in the world of all these black belts. Yeah. And even though people get stripes, you might have to roll someone who's been a black belt for 15 years <laughs> yeah. and they are a hard human. Yeah. And you're like a, just a new like, oh, look at me. I yeah. got my black belt. It's like, nah. Megaton Diaz is gonna. It's true. It's a deep, <laughs> deep pool. It's a deep pool because you think, yeah, I mean, and you always have that feeling when you're when you're competing for anyone that's competed. You always have that feeling where you're like, oh, but I'm like a fresh blue belt, and I'm going in against people that might have had their blue belt for like five years. Yeah, you always have that feeling. It's like, yeah, that's just what the game is. Precisely. You know, and it, but that only expands when yep. you're at black belt, doesn't it? Yeah, it just it's such a broad thing. But I guess the great thing about it is, and you know, people talk about this, is that the dedication it takes requires you to overcome a lot of things, personal, financial, physical, injuries, everything, to stay in the game. And really staying in the game is, they, they talk about a lot in business, that you've just got to, you know, it's the last one standing. All these businesses fall, but if you can find a way to keep your business going, and when the chips fall where they lay, then maybe you're the last one in the field and then that enables you to have great success. But with jiu-jitsu, as much as people fall off, there's always new people jumping in and you've got to just stay your path, however you make it happen. Breakups, moving house, businesses fail, but you've got this thing in your life, which is jiu-jitsu, and it's like, how do you stay on that path? And I guess us as individuals, even though we have many things in common, that was a very different path. So, and you've talked about this a little bit, Joe, you did have time off because you were exploring other things. I I was over jujitsu. I got my brown belt and I was at the end of my tether at that point. Done. I look back, basically from blue, like through blue and purple, I competed a lot and I put a lot of pressure on myself. And I also believe that my coach at the time, the team I was in, there was just a lot of pressure there to compete. And it was like, fucking compete, train. And it was like sharper training every night, like, and so I did it and I look back and I'm like, I did so much of that out of a feeling of obligation. Yes. And eventually it just took a toll where I was like, oh, I'm not enjoying this anymore. It's stressful. Mm. I remember being like, you know, I remember being like the, the purple belt enforcer. I remember having this visitor come to the gym one night. No. Here's another purple belt. My coach was like, roll him first. Get him. And the guy had a bit of attitude about him. But I remember we had this fucking role that was so intense. War. And I, I got the dude, right? I took mm. him down. I subbed him, whatever. But I, I remember like leaving class that night. I'm like, man, I don't need this stress in my life. I didn't want that. I'm just coming to like stay fit and like get better. And I'm like, I don't want to have this emotional fucking, you know, it's not where I'm at right now. You don't want to be the, your, your instructor's pit bull. That's right. right. 
fun. And there was stuff going on in the academy. The coach had lost the passion for it. We weren't really getting coached anymore. We were just showing up doing the same shit. Mm. It coincided with me opening our first gym, yes. Jungle Brothers. And so it was like, dude, I'm fucking taking a break. And, yeah. at, you know, same time, coach was like, hey, I'm shutting the gym down. You know, so heart's not of- in it, got some other shit to attend to. So um, I took that and was like a couple of years off. And it was, you know, really like many things played out, but it was really only until you introduced me to Adam. Yeah. Adam and I started hanging out a bit and then he opened his gym in Sydney. Beautiful. Lines Jiu-Jitsu where I was like, ah, oh, you know what, man? I'm, I'm keen to get back into it. Mm. He asked me, I was on their podcast yesterday, Beyond Jiu-Jitsu. If you haven't listened, check them out. Shout um, out. To the boys. Ooh. He was like, what, what was it that got you back in? And I said, dude, it was – Partly me being painted into a bit of a corner here at Jungle Brothers where we were teaching jiu-jitsu now. Right. And I was coaching it and I'm like, well, there's people coming in and I'm sharing it with them and I'm helping them get better. So there's a part of me that wants to stay in it for that. We also had all of our jiu-jitsu buddies coming in to train because they're all fucking broken. So, yeah. you know, hey, man. Doing bulletproof. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, you know, there's a thing there. I'm in the community. and uh, and But also like Adam's passion for it. Yes. And he was just so energetic about it. And I'm like, wow, this is refreshing to be around. Mm. I, hadn't, I hadn't really experienced that for a long time. And then also for me, somewhere in my mind, I'm like, well, I'm a brown belt. Like it'd be really kind of sucked to never get to black belt. Yes. You know, but I, I didn't feel that initially. But after a couple of few years, whatever, I was like, you know, it's just the next belt. Come on, let's go. So in any case, that got me back in. And that was really, that sort of reignited the whole jujitsu froth for me. Yeah, that's nice. And When you think about that, do you think that time off might have helped in a way? Because sometimes people just grind, grind, grind until they're so injured or incapacitated. It's almost not even attainable. Do you think that – and this is like maybe you couldn't say for sure, but do you think having had that time off, focusing on movement, doing doing all your other physical culture and physical development stuff enabled you to have – now be a very like – mobile and strong human to now jump back on the journey and, and push through and still be a black belt without being a crippled old man. Do you know what I mean? Like- I, do, I do know what you're getting at. I think um, yes and no. Okay. Because I tend to feel like, yeah, like I'm in good shape and all of that, all of my training outside of jiu-jitsu has, you know, helped me staying, be in good shape. But it's also relative because I've copped a lot of damage too, right? True. My knee doesn't work properly at the moment, you know, anymore sure. and like little yeah. things like that. I think that it's just relative to no one gets out alive. Yeah, exactly. You, you cop damage. You do. To get there and your baseline is always your baseline. And so I think had I not have gone on that like like strength and movement journey, that wouldn't have affected my desire to get back into jiu-jitsu necessarily. Okay. You know what I mean? Yes. And maybe I'd just be a little bit stiffer and not quite as strong and it, yeah. now it's still with a couple of injuries. Sure. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like I was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm good now. I'm prepped. Let's go. No, no. It was more just like that kind of internal fire. Yeah. No, and that means a lot. And I think the difficulty for a lot of people is we all get the bug, right? We, we just go, how good is this? I just want to know more. I've just got to do more. And you just, you just shape your life around it. And then it starts to take its toll. You do get sore fingers. You, your back does get jacked up. You get all these problems. And then you start to lose your normal function. You're like, oh, but when I'm a jits and I'm full of adrenaline, I'm good to go. Yeah. But man, getting in and out of my car is hard. Yeah. Picking up my kid is hard. Chasing, I can't run. I can't chase my three-year-old, stop my kid from running under a car or something. Like you have these thoughts and you're like, oh my goodness, 
what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. You know, and this, these are some very real world consequences that we all make the sacrifice for because we love jujitsu. I guess I had a lot of time off through injury. Like I have had plenty of injuries and I would say out of like 14 years, like I'm coming up on 14 years now, I would have missed two and a half years to injury, like three months off here, six months off there, ribs, knees, ligaments, neck, shoulder, whatever. And I always think to myself like, man, how much better could I be at jiu-jitsu if I had had that time not sitting on the couch or not in physio or whatever. But the truth is it gave me time to also miss jiu-jitsu a little bit, like where I haven't done it for three months. I'm like, man be so good you know it's just watching other people like i gotta get back you know i want, I want to get back I, I think it sounds strange but i learned a lot from my injuries and the time off i had even though i missed definite competitive time in my athletic career it still allowed me to keep passion for jiu-jitsu i didn't od yeah that that makes sense for sure and i definitely like just the the, the time off when I was away from jiu-jitsu for sure gave me an opportunity to let that kind of desire come back. I think really absence makes the heart grow fonder, you True. know, it really yeah. does. And, you know, but, but if I look at it sort of objectively, I think, well, say I hadn't met Adam. Sure. And, you know, say we didn't teach jiu-jitsu here at Jungle Brothers, yeah, potentially I never would have gone back to it. Yeah. You know, and there was no part of me that was – I didn't really care. I'm like, brown belt's fucking sick. That's like, a great achievement. Yeah, I'm an exceptional individual yes. because of this rank. Yes. It was really only because, you know, a few factors sort of came together that I decided, oh, no, I'm, I want to go for the black belt now. I'm, I'm mm. keen, you know. So I really think that, like, when I look at other people's jiu-jitsu journey and some of the conversations I've had with folks through the social media and stuff, yeah, people are like, oh, man, like, I've taken a big break at Blue Belt and, I, you know, that thing you said about heaps of time off, whatever. And I'm like, it doesn't matter if you don't go back. Yeah. No one says you have to keep going. No. You know, and it's like, whatever, three months of jiu-jitsu experience, that's great. Yeah, it's That's all you none. ever get? Yeah. yeah. As much as I'm hyper-passionate about it, I'm also very real about it and, like, Mate, if it's not if you're not enjoying it and the trade-off, because there is always a trade-off. Trade-off does not seem worthwhile. Like, don't make it. But it's also a really cool thing to kind of push through and sacrifice a bit and and then be rewarded for that. Definitely. You know? Definitely. When we circle back around to this idea of getting your black belt, do you sense, like, even though you said previously that you would be happy with a brown belt, now having achieved your black belt, is there a sense of closure there? You feel like I did that. Yes, very much so. Right. Yeah. People talking about, ah, oh, the next chapter begins now. Now the <laughs> And I'm like, motherfucker, this book is closed. <laughs> Peace out. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> we're good. <laughs> <laughs> there is a part of me that's like, what? I got nothing to prove now. Yeah. Like, yeah, the real journey begins, whatever. You know, but um, I mean, I get it. If you're 22 and you get your black belt and you're competing, yeah, it's a new chapter now. Sure. You know, uh, yeah. and obviously people are going to behave differently, try and kick my ass and shit, probably a little bit harder. Yeah. But, uh, but you have, you have, you've got the 007 license to kill. Well. You're, you're a black belt. That's not an entitlement thing. That's, you're rolling with a black belt, bro. Like, it's, <laughs> you, you're going to get it. <laughs> you want this smoke? <laughs> it's coming. But, um, but yeah, no, of course, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm really glad I did it. I'm really glad that all those things came together and I was like, I want to do this again. Because, you know, that, that's, and that's, you know, that's a, a huge takeaway from the whole thing that I've spoken about is like if you can meet someone and, and, or be around people that can, you know, and you're part of this, right? You, you sure. know, you well, can, if I hadn't gone to Brazil, met Adam, said to Adam, 
hey, man, we should open a gym in Sydney together. Didn't work out. That's fine. But he did fortunately move to Sydney. And I said to him, go train with Joe. Because he's like, who do I train with? I'm like, you go, go train with Joe, man. And then it's always the way. I'm always the third wheel. <laughs> it's happened so many times in my life. They're like, oh, is JT coming, is he? Oh, okay. Oh, oh awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a real good matchmaker. I'll see a friend. I'll have another friend. I'm like, I reckon they'd be good mates. And then eventually they're besties. And I'm just like the ugly cousin. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, no, my friends, what are you guys no, doing? Hey, What's yeah, going you on? Know, can, I, can, yeah. I, can I play too? <laughs> and it's cool. It's, I, I love seeing that because it, it's just so random that it has worked out the way it has. That, uh, and obviously Adam's passion is so great that it could like motivate you and get you back on board yeah. because it, it actually you know, it serves us because here we are doing Bulletproof. It's an amazing thing. Finally, you will put some respect on my name. <laughs> You put some respect on my name. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like now I'm not going to roll you 70% anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be, oh. You said we're rolling again, bro. I told oh. you this book is closed. All oh, right. <laughs> you get that one sub and I'm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that's, um, that's fair play, man. No, and true, like I have always felt you're a black belt. I, I have always given you that respect. Not vocally, not on the podcast, but in my in my heart, I'm like, no, this, you got to. Do you guys hear that shit? Credit, credit where credit due. I do remember, I will throw it back. The first time we ever rolled was one of the most frustrating rolls of my life at the dojo. At Blue Belt, were we? Blue Belt. Yeah, yeah. it was one of the first times we met. I couldn't sweep him. I couldn't tap him. It was, a, it was war. And I just got so frustrated. I'm like, the guy's strong and flexible. And I just, it was a conniption for me, which I don't usually experience, which is just like, I'm usually a bit stronger or a bit more flexible than someone. And Joe was not the guy. Ah. I was like, far out. Is this like fighting myself? Is this like the end level at, you know, where you've got a, you know, you're, you're a character in the video game and then the character, the big boss is you, but flashing in like yeah, yeah. fluoro colors. Yeah, can go invisible sometimes. Yeah, yeah. float over here. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just one of those things that I just knew in that moment, like, God, this guy's like a real match for me. And uh, even though we have different styles, uh, I have always given you that respect, Joe. I appreciate so I'm happy that. to admit that now. You're wearing the strap. You're welcome. My guy. I've waited a long time for this. <laughs> Some things are more valuable than a black belt. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, feelings mutual, right? Like that, and that's you know for folks listening, it's what it's like when you when you when you meet someone who really is kind of kind of your match, like someone who has the same tools as you. It's mm. often like ah oh, fucking hell, like this is so hard to deal with because mm. you're not you're used to just doing what you do, but they do what you do, and it's like that forces you to find new ways, doesn't it? True good thing to have as frustrating as it can be but yeah I think like you know on that very fortunate to have had all of those things kind of collude in order for me to get the passion back if those things hadn't happened I had been at the same gym had been with a coach that I didn't really feel had the love for it wasn't invested in my development me not really enjoying it you know say the gym stayed open and I was like I'm going to grit this out and get to black belt and gave that place another four or five years or whatever maybe in that sacrifice there's also something great that comes from it because there's something great in any sacrifice sure however that would have been a shit four years yes you know and i just i look at that and i think i see people in jiu-jitsu who are enduring shit relationships with their coach or their academy that they're at yep you know they don't align with the values they're not or, getting acknowledged yeah or they're the, not getting or help the, yeah or you know the coach has kind of changed you know from what it was and i'm just like Man, life's too short to, to be around those people and the, the, the value of these coloured belts 
means so much to us that we will fucking eat shit sandwiches for a long time. Yes. You know, to get to that milestone. And I do get it, you know. It's like, well, you're halfway there, stick it out for another 12, 18 months, you know. But when I see people who are like enslaved to a shit relationship because of that promotion that's on the horizon, it it's a little bit depressing. Sure. Because we know there are great gyms out there and great coaches who care about every person that walks in their door. Definitely. And the experience that you can have can be like night and day compared to what it is that you're having. And it's like, you don't have to go through this shit. Yeah. It can be different. It can. You know, and I accepted a bit of that when I came back to train with Adam where it was like, I'm starting again at Brown Belt. It's like yes. whatever, the last few years or whatever, I kind of, you know, I had a couple of years of training at Gracie and stuff. And sure. I'm like, all of that really means nothing. But at the heart of it, it didn't matter at all because I'm like, this is an enjoyable experience. Right. I don't mind how long this takes. And so in summary, if, if we're thinking about people out there who may – be a long time on a belt. Or maybe right now, speaking to you guys, you've taken a break. You're a bit stuck. What would you say passing wisdom for them? Couple things. One would be to start a dialogue with your coach about where you're at in your head. Yep. And if you don't have a coach that, can, that you can talk to like this, that raises a red flag. Maybe go find a new coach. Mm-hmm. But go to them and say, man, I'm feeling a bit stuck. I really want to get to, you know, the next belt or whatever, get my second stripe, whatever it is. I'm not feeling like I'm developing. Can you help me? What do you think I should do? And I'm asking you as my coach, you know, Uh, because a coach should be able to say to you, man, yeah, here's what I need to see from you. This is why I think if you can fix these things and show me this, they can set your expectations. Then you go, okay, cool. Coach has told me what they need. I, I go and apply myself to that and I'm good. And, you know, and again, I've spoken to people who have tried to have that conversation and their coach has given them some bullshit. Mm. And it's like, okay, your coach is a fuckwit. Yep. You know, they don't care about you. It's gotten personal, whatever. So start that dialogue with your coach. Second thing would be don't compare yourself to what your counterparts are, are doing. You know, I've seen, I've spoken about before, I've seen so many people who I was once ahead of or like even, uh, counter, with. even with who just fucking, I've seen people get their get their black belt in the time that it took me in my brown belt. They go from white to black while I still have my brown belt. Wow. And I, I think like just focusing on that is just a really depressing thing. Yes. And you need to be able to separate what someone else is having in their journey from yours and be able to be happy for them and go, that's so fucking cool. Yeah. But understand that it has absolutely no bearing or reflection on what you're doing. Yes. You know, your journey is your own. And, you know, like, it's like what we talk about, like we're a black belt. It's not like you get to a black belt comp and you like say to your opponent, how long have you been a black belt for? You know, and you judge based on that. Yeah. You're just like, here we are, we're both black belts. That's right. Whereas when you're a white belt, it's like, it's all about like, how many months you've been training? How many months did it take you to get Three that months, five days, yeah, two hours, bro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. This is my 117th training session. <laughs> It's like it, that. none of that shit matters. Nah. So just focus on what you're doing and talk to your coach, have that conversation. I really think like that's, you know, that's the, that's the key for me. Cool. You know, you got anything to add to that? Um, no, not really. I, I, I feel like I, you know, I got a black belt in Taekwondo, but I got that reasonably quickly, like four years. And I was only a kid. I was like 14 when I got a black belt. You know, I, I think there's some validity in jujitsu and not giving black belts below a certain age, you know, like... You've got to be 18, don't you? Um, I, I think so. They, the, yeah. You know, the rules might have shifted on that. But essentially, I, I had learned some hard lessons from doing a traditional martial arts. So when I came to jiu-jitsu, I'd already had a lot of 
like disciplining and focusing and all of and, and overcoming bullshit to think clearly. And I, I think not repeating your mistakes. That's the best thing you can do. It doesn't matter what level you're at. As long as you're making new mistakes, which is indicative of learning, that is key. Mm. If you just keep coming with the same, man, I always this always happens or I always struggle against that kind of a dude, then it, it means that you haven't answered the question. And jiu-jitsu is this endless sea of questions. So it's like being able to answer the question and find new questions. If you're doing that, then you are on the learning journey you will get there eventually. That's Yeah, that's that's a really good point. Man, you know, to give people a practical example of that, I remember one of my counterparts, a guy called Bean, Aaron Bean. Yep. Um, a fucking savage. Is this the guy you reckon stronger than me? Yes. No, stronger than me. I didn't say stronger than you. I think you might have said he's the strongest guy you ever rolled. I did say that. That's fine. <laughs> I accept. <laughs> so he's like, where is he? Single tier. Um this guy was a fucking savage. And when he started, I was ahead of him. Right. Yeah, I think I was a blue belt, he was a white belt, but he got his blue very quickly. And then, and then strange fucking turn of events. We were both purple belts. And then one night when I was working at the gym, coach gave him his black belt. What? He calls me after train goes, bro, Dan gave me my black belt tonight. I'm like, what? What? He's like, I'm like, why? He's like, dude, I, I don't know. I don't know what to think about it. Whoa. And it, it, you know, no one ever found, I mean, the thing was, he could fuck up most black belts that were coming through the gym. Sure. You know, but you're like, why would you do that to someone? Why would you not just give them the next belt and run that, for, you know, as per standards of IBJJF, yeah. whatever? Just felt really weird. I think it was because Dan wanted a black belt coach and he wanted to get the fuck out. <laughs> Very convenient. But in any case, um, we would roll together and we would just start when, and I would just step into his guard and give him grips and then start the roll. Right. And he would fuck me up every time, repeatedly. And- it was really, it took many years for me to stop training, take a break, go back to train with Adam, where Adam's like, stop letting me initiate my game. Like mm. when we slap hands, it starts then. Like yeah. if you let me get my favorite guard on you and my best grips, You're in trouble. I'm probably going to sweep you or mm. submit you. And I was like, man, I did that for like two years with Bean, where I just step into his De La Hiva, let him get grips, and it's this relaxed thing, you know? Okay, now we start. One, why did I not ever... Think about that and change it mm. and ask my coach what do I need to do here. Yeah. But two, why did my coach not Never ever say, dude, that. I keep seeing you make this stupid fucking mistake Yeah. and you're a purple belt. Stop making it. So that kind of speaks to my two points. Like if you find that shit's happening where you're, you're making the same mistake mm. to your point, it's like it's either you or it's your coach, but it could be both and like investigate that shit. That's, yeah. that's the key. It is a bit of both. Well, that's – that's awesome, man. I think there's there's a lot in that. Congratulations again. Thank you so much. It was a true honor, and and I gotta thank you, man. You gave me like a beautiful gift, <laughs> and you know, a stunning gift. JT gave me a, a handmade chef's knife, crafted by a friend of ours, Cam Elder. Cam Elder, shout out, shout out to the man. Sacred blades. If you're all on Instagram at sacred underscore blades. They are living pieces of art. They're unbelievable. And he's a black belt himself. He is a black belt. And JT had him make this beautiful custom knife for me, which was a, a spectacular gift. And you said some really nice words, which I didn't get to thank you for. That meant a lot to me. My great pleasure. I think it is one of those things that you always want to see people acknowledged. I, I believe that. It doesn't matter what level it is. And when people are not properly acknowledged, that, that gets me. So I was so happy to see you properly acknowledged, bro. Very cool. Well, what I want to say, guys, is we, we get on here and we, we talk a lot of different stuff, but the important thing for us is speaking to you guys. 
And we would love to speak more about what you want to talk about. We have our plan. We sit down. We meet every week and we talk about we, – we plan out all the things we're going to talk about. But we do have our online voicemail and we would – Leave us a voicemail. Mate, just just say what's up. You don't even – it doesn't have to be a question. And get featured on the show. Exactly. And then also let us know who you are because as, as nice as it is to be anonymous, we also want to acknowledge you. So please go to bulletproofforbjj.com and go down the podcast section. There'll be a red button you can click and record. Leave us a message. Ask us a question. Whatever you want, we love to hear from you. Yeah, anything about your journey, we'll feature it on the show and we'll even answer the question. Yes, indeed. Thank you, guys. My God. Bye.